Just a funny side story. Um, I don't like speaking. I'm not the Weegand who does it. I would be like the fourth of the Weegands to do it. But for some reason, God said today's the day that um, he wanted me to speak. And we didn't know when it was time that he was having surgery now and everything. And so I just have to stay on routine. If I'm not in routine, bad things happen to me. So I got up this morning. I went downstairs to work out. And you guys, I have been married for 34 years. I have never seen this before in my life. And I'm like, of course, today of all days, I'm supposed to speak. My husband is incapacitated. You guys, I'm working out. A freaking mouse ran out. I am terrified of mice. 34 years have I never seen a mouse in my house. And today, one just thought it would make its appearance. And I just looked and I'm like, not today, Satan. And then I screamed like a little girl. So um, that's my story on getting here today. So I have been a little on edge and everything, but I know God wants to do some incredible things today. I want to say that Kingdom Builders is not about raising money. It is a part of it. Kingdom Builders is about us becoming who God called us to be, that we would be able to build his kingdom. So today we're focusing on how we're going to build God's kingdom. Oh my word, my earrings on the ground. Wow, it is a rough day. Um, we are going to start. Aren't you guys glad you get to be in here with us today? <laughs> Students, man, we are so happy to have you guys. I am so excited you guys are with us. Um, today we are focusing on Next Gen as part of our offering. Um, groups and marriage ministries and single moms. And I cannot think of a better group of people that I would love to be up here speaking for. All of them are very dear to my heart, and I could take you guys through why each one. But I just know that I know that God's going to do incredible things today in those ministries and in us. So I encourage you guys, um, pull your Bibles out if you've got them with you. Um, we're going to go to Numbers 13, and this is where um, God tells Moses, oh, well, good thing they're from Walmart, so um, he tells, God tells Moses, I want you to send spies into Canaan, the land that I am giving you. I want you to send them in and have them look at it, have them scout it out, um, one from each of the 12 tribes of Israel. So they go in and they look. Um, Moses tells them, go look at the cities, go look at the soil, go look at everything around there, bring us back a report. And they do so. When they come back, they tell um, Moses, man, it is good, but we shouldn't do it. We don't want to do this. We... And while they're talking about this and talking the whole people, it would be like me bringing a report to my husband in front of all of you and saying, man, it's not good. We don't want to do this. And you guys would start being like, yeah, I'm with her. But then two stand up and they're like, no, we can do this because God's told us to do this. And they start saying all the good things that they can do. But here's the part that we're going to focus on today is the very end where they say, the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. 
We saw the Nephilim there, the descendants of Anak from the Nephilim. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we looked the same to them. We're going to pray today right now. So God, thank you. Oh God, what a morning it's been. God, we give it to you. God, you know I am weak and powerless. So today I pray that you would be the strength. I pray that you would minister thousands of messages in this room. And I pray that everybody would receive something from it. And we just ask all these things in Jesus' name. Um, Today, just for fun, I started asking around. When you think of next-gen ministries, when you think of um, groups and marriage ministries and single moms, what do you think of? These are some of the answers that was given to me. They are wild and crazy. Now, I'm not saying which group that was either. They just want stuff from me. They want me to open up and be real and vulnerable. I don't got time for them. They are a bunch of old people. What could they teach me? And they're a bunch of young people. What could they teach me? That broke my heart. Because I'm like, we are all in this together. When we choose to look at a different group of people and say that they are that, man, are we looking with the wrong lens. We are looking at something God never created us to look at, right? We are to look at our brothers and sisters and see who God created them to be and call that out of them, but we're not. So today, I want to bring some truth into this room. Marriages in this room are not okay. Not all of them. Some are really struggling, but you don't tell anybody because you think you're the only one struggling. Single moms in this room, some of them have fled to keep their kids safe in an abusive relationship. Some of the single moms in here have just fought with everything in them to save their marriages just to have it shut down. Some of the single moms are just scraping everything they can to provide for their children. When you take the time to get to know people, when you get to time to know their marriages and you start finding this out, helps you just see them differently, right? Helps you see them as people and not a team of people that you think. Only 32 to 34% of us in this room open our Bibles on the daily. That's embarrassing to many of us, so we choose not to tell people, right? I should have warned you guys. I am known as Dina, the one who says the quiet things out loud. I say all the things that are obvious, but nobody's saying. Um, Not reading your Bible, right? But many of us in this room do it, but we don't want to admit it because, man, I would look like a bad Christian right? That's what groups exist for. We have students over here that are being abused at home. Many of them face overwhelming anxiety on the daily. They're being bullied into sending naked pictures of themselves to others, only to be blackmailed with it. Um, That's a look at where we are today. And I can tell you guys the problem is that we're looking with the wrong lens at everybody in this room right? We need to look with a different lens. I've stated the problem. 
Now let me tell you guys the solution. The solution is us. The solution is the church standing up and being the church. The solution is us saying, I'm not gonna stand for this, right? I used to hate it. Somebody would tell me when I get sick, they would say, oh, don't confess that. And I'm like, well, how can I pray for it if I don't confess it? Because they would say, you don't have it if you confess it, or if you, you know what I'm saying. I was like, huh, that doesn't seem right. So today we're calling things out, confessing them, and looking at them, so we as a church can come around and help, right? We can rise up to be who God called us to be. It's time for us to take our time, our talents, and tenacity, and put them into these ministries. It's time for us to take our finances and sow them into our ministries. 30% of single moms live in poverty. That's not okay. Ooh, saying the obvious, right? We as a church have got to do better. We've got to, because let me tell you, what we're doing is we're seeing ourselves as grasshoppers. Ooh, that's too big. Ooh, that's too, I can't possibly do that. God's not called us to be grasshoppers. God's called us to be kingdom builders, about building his kingdom, right? That's what we're called to do. Um, the solution. Men, I want to call you higher. We need men. When we sat as a staff and we talked about this on Wednesday morning, it was, you know what? Finances are amazing. If we got just five men to sign up, wow. Children crave your attention. One in four kids in America today are raised in a single family or a single mom home. One in four. Guys, that's 18.4 million kids that are fatherless. That's enough to fill up New York City twice or Los Angeles four times. They're fatherless. And I'm sorry, I'm going to go on a rant for a second, but I am tired of hearing those young people don't know how to be young men. They don't. And they need you to stand up and do that. You give identity, men. You give purpose. When you walk in a room, kids flock on you. Pastor Josh told me the other day he walked in the preschool room and he had kids all over him. His wife walked in. Oh, hey. You know? But let me tell you, women, it's just as important for you to rise up too because you bring the love. You bring the, I'm going to wrap around you, unconditional part of um, being the body of Christ. It's time for us to stand up and to be more, to be more for our kids, to be more for this next generation. And I will cry every time I look at them because I will fight for everything in me for these kids. Most of them I babysat. Um, I've watched many of them go through things they should have never had to go through. And I will fight for them. Single moms, man, I've watched several of you too. I don't know how you do it. And I'm not going to call you my heroes because you guys hate that. I'm not going to call you superhuman because you don't like that either. But I hate, I hate, hate, hate that you guys are known as single moms. Why can't you just be Kimberly and Nicole and the others that are in this room? right? 
Um, it's time for us to see people as they are, children of God, and to call them out and to call them up to be who they are supposed to be. I talked about it, sowing our finances, right? Putting kids in places where they can experience things, sending kids to camp, right? We're talking about finances, going into um, marriage ministries, the counseling, the um, care for people. We're doing that as well for pastoral care and the groups ministry. It's all about taking good care of people. And we're all about that as building the kingdom. It's time for us to quit seeing ourselves as the little grasshoppers, right? It's time for us to see ourselves as kingdom people, people who God has created for such a time as this. That's the solution. You want to know the plan? The plan is we're going to find out who we are created to be. Many of us don't know in this room that God created us from our mother's womb. He put things in us that need to come to fruition. Um, I can tell you guys for so long, I wanted to be the weekend that got up here and spoke, and I did all the things. And every time I got up here, man, did I fail miserably. But I wanted to be important. I wanted to be seen. I wanted to be all the things, right? When I found out who I was created to be, and I'm a backseat person, I'm in the back room doing the things, man, it has been so fulfilling. It's been hard, but it's been fulfilling. When you find out who God created you to be, you become a part of a puzzle that we all work together and that we are all going to continue to build the kingdom of God. Instead of some of us walking around, I want to be that. I want to be that. Right? Pastor J.D. said it this morning. If you're a foot this morning, celebrate being the foot. If you're the head, celebrate being the head. Celebrate being who God called you to be who he created you to be, because he created you for such a time as this. And if you do not become that, man, you're missing out, right? You are missing out. So we're going to find out who we are. Then we're going to put faith and works together, right? So many of us in here, we have faith. We come in, we're sitting here every Sunday morning, but what's your works? What are you doing? Man, if you put time into groups ministry, into single moms, into next gen, into marriages, where would we be as a church? Let me tell you guys, I'm going to put it like this. I have a trainer, and I will train all day long. I will work out all day long. I will do all the stuff. But when it comes to the eating, I don't want to eat right. I want to eat what I want to eat, when I want to eat it, how I want to eat it. And I had a trainer that she wrote me out a plan. I'm like, okay, that's good. So I'd go home and do it for a week, and I didn't see results. So I'd go back into her, and I'd say, hey, guess what? I'm going to go back to eating just chicken and potatoes all day long. She would say, that's great if you plan to do that for the rest of your life. I was like, I'm not going to do that. So I'd go home, and I'd come up with another plan. Okay, guess what I'm going to do now? I'm just going to have protein shakes all day long, and then I'll eat dinner. She's like, okay, that's a great plan if you plan to stick with it your whole life. Well, I don't want to do that either. And every time I went back to see her every week, I had an excuse for not doing the things I should have been doing, but telling her what I was going to do now. And every time her response would be, that's okay. You can do that. You'll lose weight. 
but you better plan to be like that the rest of your life. One day she came to me and she said, you know what to do, why aren't you doing it? Quit trying to find the quick fix, quit trying to find the easy, just do what you know to do. That has stuck with me so much because there have been times that I have said, I don't wanna do what I know to do. And I'm talking about in church life. I'm talking about, I was asked to speak to this group right here on, for October Chaos, and I said no. I said no because I saw myself as a grasshopper in their eyes. What could I possibly offer them? I'll pray for them. Man, did I get a spanking for that. There was something in me God was wanting to grow. And I said, no, thank you. And I had something for them. And I said, no, thank you. That's why we've got to start putting works behind our faith. We can't just come in here and sit one day a week and leave, never opening our Bibles and thinking our marriages are gonna be healthy, our kids are gonna be healthy, our finances are gonna be perfect, all of that. You're gonna be satisfied as a believer. It's not gonna happen. You gotta put the works behind your faith. And that's what we're talking about today. When you do that, you become a kingdom builder. You become about building God's kingdom. Then it's gonna be easy for you to sow seeds financially into that because where your heart is, there your treasure will be as well. So when it comes time to send a kid to camp, you're not gonna sit there and be like, uh, can I or can't I? You're gonna be like, absolutely. How can I do that? And if you don't have the money and God's called you to do it, it's gonna be a growing time between you and God. And saying no is not a good thing. Believe me, I did it. It's not good. But church, we are part of the solution, and we are part of the plan, and we have got to walk it out. Amen? So today, if you don't know who you're supposed to be and what you're supposed to do, Pastor Jim loves this. You guys may or may not know that. Ephesians 2.10 is his favorite scripture. You are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he has prepared in advance for you to do. He has written a book about it. He loves to talk passion, pain, and proficiency. If you do not have a copy yet and haven't read it, we are giving them away for free today in the guest room immediately following services. I would encourage you guys, get the book, read it. If you still don't know, call Pastor Jim. He would love to sit down with you and help you know because he is all about advancing God's kingdom and his people finding out who they are called to be. I told you guys, I am the one that says the quiet things. So let me ask you, what happens if we don't do this? If we don't do this, if we don't believe in this next generation, and next generation, I'm talking to you too, if you don't believe in the kids younger than you, because they're saying now it's a six-year time, so you guys, six years does not seem like a lot, but those younger than you are looking to you, looking to you for who you, who you say they are, who God created them to be. So if you sit here and think, I don't have anything to offer, you're looking at yourself like a grasshopper. You need to look at yourself as a kingdom builder that God has called for such a time as this to be on your school campuses to bring freedom to those students. Come on, church, I am sorry. That's good stuff.
But here's the thing, you guys. If we don't do this, that means we all see ourselves as grasshoppers. That we're not able to take the land God's called us to. Because I believe with all my heart, God has called us to take the next-gen areas. He has called us to take marriages. The enemy is out to destroy our marriages, and I say it's time that the church stands up. And if we don't, it's time for us to see ourselves. Because if we don't, grasshoppers will eventually devour what they're on. We will eventually devour this church. We will devour the next gen. We'll devour marriages. We will devour those. We'll give way to culture. And then we become a dead church. And like Isaiah told me the other day, Isaiah, what'd you tell me? Only dead things, only dead things go with the flow. That means that we become a church that goes with the flow. I don't know about you guys, but I'm not about that. I am not a status quo girl. I hate status quo. But let me ask you, what happens if we do this? What happens if we believe in the next-gen team and we invest in them going to camps? We invest in the Youngers and Explore Camp. We invest in marriages. We invest in groups and single moms. What happens? Let me tell you what happens. Revival happens. We see people coming home. We see marriages being healed. Marriages that have been separated forever coming back together. We see relationships being healed. We see these students walking on campuses and walking up to other students who are contemplating suicide or drug usage or sending those pictures. And they don't even have to say anything because God gives it to them and they're able to say, don't do what you're thinking about doing. Single moms, wow. Can you imagine, Kimberly, can you imagine what would happen if everybody got behind this? Revival would break out. And it's time, church, for us to see ourselves not as grasshoppers. Because let me tell you, in this story, the ones that saw themselves as grasshoppers and didn't do what they were supposed to do, when they were like, ooh, God's mad at us, we should do something, it didn't go well for them. But man, the ones who saw themselves as kingdom builders and building the kingdom of God that went in and took the land, that's incredible stuff. Church, I'm about that. Us investing in all of these, us investing financially, us investing our time, our talents, our tenacity, us being committed to one another as the body of Christ. You may ask me, how do I know this works? I'm going to tell you how I know this works. I know it works because Kimberly Bundy was a woman living in an abusive marriage. And she knew she had to get out and get her kids out. Um, it was a Muslim, I hope I'm not saying too much. It was a Muslim relationship. And she was like, I got to get me and my kids out of this. We can't do this. Um, we just so happened to have a Christmas event that year for single moms. Didn't have a ministry for it, didn't have anything. Women's ministry just said, we wanna bless single moms. And she came and she was a part of that. And then she went home and there was nothing. And she was going through all of this by herself. And she was like, man, there needs to be something for people like this. Because she's like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know where to turn. I don't know how to. And eventually she ended back up at Freedom Center. And she did 
the class that my husband teaches on finding your purpose and passion, pain, proficiency. And he looked at Kimberly and he's like, one day you're gonna lead the single mom's ministry. And she said, yeah, that's not happening. Fast forward a couple of years, Kimberly Bundy said, man, I am not a grasshopper. God has called me to be a daughter of the King. He has called me to be more than a conqueror. He has called me to be a kingdom builder and I am going to do this. It may look impossible to many out there, but with God, what looks impossible is possible. And let me tell you, she started the Single Moms Ministry here at Freedom Center Church. Less than 1% of churches in America have something for single moms. Less than 1%, you guys. And Kimberly Bundy started that here. So I know this is possible. When we see a problem, we know a solution, and we become the um, action plan in everything. She said, I don't wanna know what if I don't do this. I wanna know what happens if I do. And if you wanna know more, you should find her and talk to her because she's right back there. And she can tell you what happens when you're obedient to this. I also know it works because Dave and Tammy Cromer, sitting down here, this one gets me every time. Dave and Tammy saw the commission to take care of the orphans and they took it and ran with that. And they started bringing in foster kids and adoptive kids. And um, when they first started, it was hard. They didn't have anybody. We as a church, we didn't know what to do. We had never been through this. Um, and at the time, Tammy wasn't real great at telling me what she needed. She is now, um, wasn't then. But as they went through it, I eventually was like, hey, Tammy, you wanna start an adoptive foster care ministry? And she's like, nope, not time. I was like, yeah, come on. Because I was seeing the need. I was seeing the land God wanted us to take. And eventually one day she came to me and she's like, it's time. And I said, time for what? And she said, it's time for the foster care and adoptive ministries to begin. And I'm like, are you for real? And she said, yes. That's how I know it works. Because they took their time, their talents, the tenacity, they sowed finances. They had to find people to sow finances, but they did it. Again, they saw something that was impossible they saw themselves as kingdom builders of who God created them to be, not the little grasshoppers. Because believe me, society wanted them to believe they couldn't do it, that it was too hard. And let me show you. This right here is Clara's arm, the little one, right? Right? No? No. They were doing respite for this. Um, but Dave and Tammy took on a little girl, and I'm not even gonna try to explain the condition she had. But this little girl taught this church more about love and how to rise up and to do the hard. Because I sure didn't wanna do the hard, let me tell you. There's a thing inside me that I don't wanna do the hard. That's why I don't wanna eat what I should eat to get the results I want. But I know it's best for me. And one day, sitting right over here where Pastor Josh and Lauren are, Tammy goes, I have to go to class. And I'm like, well, good for you. See you later. 
And she had little Clara in her arms hooked up with all this stuff. It scared the living daylights out of me. So I was like, all right, have fun. She hands Clara to me. And I'm like, oh, um, what am I supposed to do? She's like, just hold her. And I'm like, but what if something happens? She's like, just hold her. Because I was looking at all of the what ifs and all the impossibilities, right? If something happens, I'm not gonna know what to do. Um, she eventually passed away. And even then, Tammy taught me, it's okay to sit in the not knowing. Clara had passed and I didn't know what to do. I waited eight hours, I think, before I went over and took pizza. Here's your pizza. She's like, go in and say goodbye to Clara. I was like, oh no, <laughs> no, I gotta go. She's like, no, you're gonna go say goodbye to my daughter. And I'm like, okay, this is very uncomfortable. Sometimes God wants to make us uncomfortable to build his kingdom because he's growing those things inside of us. Um, so you wanna know how I know all this stuff works? They acknowledged a problem. There was a problem with adoption and foster care in this um, state. They came up with a plan and a solution. And because of them, many kids now are getting first time care packages. Because when they take a kid out of a foster or out of a home and put them in a foster care, they get sent with a garbage bag or a, like a grocery bag. Dave and Tammy said that won't do. And they started doing backpacks full of toiletries for the kid, pajamas in their sizes, socks and shoes. Again, what the world said is impossible. They said, with God, it's possible, and we are kingdom builders. And they did it. That's how I know this works. The last one that I have for you guys, this is Lesson Denise Hathon and Carrie Panliner. Years ago, um, they came and they said, hey, we're starting to get kind of some um, kids that have special needs. What do you think if we start a special needs ministry? And me being a person of faith, I'm like, how are you ever going to do that? Right? Because I had heard, I had heard, it wasn't backed up by anything, but I had heard, and based on my facts off of what I heard, that this is a difficult ministry. That if you do it wrong, we're gonna get in legal trouble. If you do it wrong, parents are gonna be angry. And they just kept pushing. Now, I don't know if you guys know, but when Pastor Les keeps pushing, you might as well pretty much give up. But then put Carrie Panliner in there, just give up. And I'm like, okay, let's do it. What's the worst that can happen, right? You guys, they started a special needs ministry because they saw something God wanted for us. God wants us to love on the special needs children because he loves them and they are his children. And let me tell you, 85% of our churches in America have nothing for special needs ministries. And when they walk in with a special needs child and go to check them in, and they tell the parents, we're sorry, we cannot take your child, we have nothing for you. What message does that send to the kid? What message does that send to the parents? We've had people come and say, my church actually dismissed me because of my special needs child. And they started coming here because they knew we had a special needs ministry. That special needs ministry has been so important here at Freedom Center Church, especially through COVID. And I am so thankful 
for people who saw the impossible, saw themselves as kingdom builders, and they said, we're going to do this. And they started the, the um, special needs ministry. That's how I know this works. They saw the problem. They came up with a solution. They got the plan. And when they did it, oh my gosh, the kids absolutely love it. If you know Debbie Johnson, if you ever see her, she's usually got about six kids all over her. And she's having the time of her life. And why is that? Because she's building the kingdom of God. She sees the importance of it. Because where many of us would look and see a handicapped child, she just looks and see a child, a child that needs love. And a church that is ready is amazing, amen? So today, church, I am calling you to rise up to be a kingdom builder. I am calling you to see the impossible, but with God's help, know that it is possible. Men, I am calling you to volunteer in kids' ministry. It's one hour-ish, um, one Sunday morning a month. Tony Aller used to shove the kids in like all these cubbies. They had the time of their life, you know? Um, men, your place in this church is so important. If you ever doubted that it was important, I am telling you, it is important. It is needed and it is wanted. And I'm asking you men, please sign up to help, whether it's to help with Explore Camp, which is one week, to help in youth ministries, which would be phenomenal. There's many opportunities. And let me tell you, if you just wanna start a group, talk to Pastor Carl. I was afraid of groups, because I did. I went and I was very vulnerable. I was reading a passage of scripture and I said the wrong word and everybody in it started laughing at me. And I said, never again. Not until there was a fitness one that I could go to. And then I said, I'll do that. So you may think your group isn't important. Nobody would want it. If God's laid it on your heart, it's more than likely something he wants you to do. So your action plan today, guys, pull out those envelopes in front of you. Your action plan is gonna be, I am going to sign up for something. I am going to see myself as a kingdom builder not as a grasshopper, which the world would love for you to think you're a grasshopper, men. All TV shows make you out to be something like that. But I want you to know you are kingdom builders and your words have impact. And I want you guys to sign up to do this. I'm asking you guys, women, I am asking you as well, man, these kids need love, unconditional love. They need another group started that is moms encouraging moms, women encouraging women. Um, so many possibilities. So when you hold that today, say, I'm gonna sign up for one of those. You can write your name on it. We'll have tables out in the lobby if you wanna do group. If you wanna be a part of Explore or Next Gen, you can see them to sign up for that. But it's time that we become part of the solution and not sit back and look at the problem and criticize it. Then we're also going to pray because we need to understand that in all of these situations, whether it be marriages, whether it be kids, whether it be single moms, children um, in foster care and adoptive care, the enemy is out to destroy us. 
but we wrestle not with flesh and blood. We wrestle with powers and principalities. So we need prayer warriors like crazy. So if you want to sign up to be a prayer warrior, put that on the card as well. And then the last one is to sow seeds financially into this. I told you last week the need is $53,000. And I know that's overwhelming. But let me tell you, $265 sends a kid to camp, which I think is a pretty good investment. $40 helps to have a kid do explore camp for the week. $23,000 pays the childcare needs for the year of groups. $5,000 is single moms ask. We can all be a part. I gave you three steps. So today, I want to encourage you guys to pull those cards out. I don't see many of you moving. Um, pull the cards out. It's time to call to action, guys. Because I've heard many amens in this room, and yeah, but it's time we all do this. Because next gen, I'm committed to you guys. I'm committed to you guys getting whatever you need whenever you need it. And notice I said need, not want. I'm committed. Single moms, committed to you guys and whatever you need. Marriages in this room, I am committed to you. If we have to pay counseling, if you need someone to walk alongside you, I will find you somebody because I am not good at that. Um, but it's time that we be committed to each other. So I want you guys to take those, to hold those, to pray over those. We have a video that's going to play real quick, and then I'm going to come back. While the video is playing, offering will be received. But I know God's going to do incredible things today. Amen? Man, I should have warned you guys. God, thank you today for who you are. God, I thank you for every person that's in this room. Holy Spirit, I pray, come and do what only you can do. Open hearts. Open ears, God. I pray that you would give us eyes to see the impossible, that it would be possible. That we would see the invisible as if it were, God. Mm. Jesus, thank you that you are giving us this land if we choose to take it. And God, today we choose to take it. So we pray, move on hearts, Jesus. Do what only you can do. And we just ask it again in Jesus' name.